right, everybody. Welcome to Wagers Ragers. This is week eight in the NFL. I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. And joining me also from New Jersey is John the Hedgehog Donath. The Hedgehog. Good morning, everybody. Or good afternoon or whenever you're listening. How you doing? All right. So it's just the two of us today. Um, the Marine and uh, we call him Koza are not joining us today. So you have the two, two of the best out of the four coming to you this week for week eight of the NFL. Definitely top four, at least. Definitely top four. <laughs> Absolutely top four. All right. So let's quickly recap uh, week seven and... Today is October 31st, so this is the Halloween edition of Wagers Ragers. And to recap, week number seven, as everybody knows, I'm a Jet fan, and the Jets played the Bills last week. The line was minus 10, and I said, look, I'm not going to probably take this game because who knows, uh, you know, the Jets could get destroyed like they did the week before by the Dolphins, or they could possibly even win this game. So in the first half, the Jets actually played pretty decent and had a lead. And then the real Jets showed up in the second half and had four total yards of offense. I mean, that's actually almost impossible to do. But of course, nothing's impossible for the New York Jets this year, who eventually fell to 0-7 after losing 18-10 to against the Bills. They did cover the line though. so. If everybody remembers last week, I said, if I was to bet this game, I would have taken the Jets and the 10 points. They did actually cover. It was the first time that they covered this year. Um, As far as my prop in that game, I only liked uh, Devin Singletary over 20 and a half receiving yards. Unfortunately, he didn't hit that. I think he had 18 yards receiving. So my prop didn't work out um, last week. The second game that I had was the Chiefs and the Broncos, and I loved this game. This was the game that I really loved. It was Chiefs uh, laying seven points against the Broncos. They covered it pretty easily, and uh, I hit with that. My props, however, didn't work out. I had Kelsey over 67 and a half uh, receiving yards and five and a half receptions. He didn't hit either one of those, and Mahomes didn't hit the 22 and a half rushing yards. So, unfortunately, I didn't cover the props, um, but I did hit with the Chiefs. And there were some other games that I played uh, as the the day went on that I did hit with. And then actually on Thursday of this week, Atlanta played Carolina and I took uh, Atlanta getting three points, hit that, took an in-game bet with Atlanta getting six and a half, took that, and actually they outright won the game. So I hit on both of those. John, how'd you do last week? It was a pretty good week last week. Um... Uh, my Eagles had already played on Thursday night of, of last week by the time we recorded the podcast. Uh, they had they beat the Giants 22-21 to in a game that was very exciting for me and apparently not exciting for anyone else in the country. Um, but that freed me up to kind of pick two other games. So my first game last week that I, that I took a look at was the Steelers at the Titans. Uh, they were, it was a battle of undefeateds going into last week. The Steelers were getting one and a half. I love the Steelers getting one and a half on the road. And I love the money line at plus 110 for the Steelers. Um, I just figured that the uh, Titans loss of Taylor Luan would hurt them, that the Steelers pass rush 
could get to Ryan Tannehill. That all sort of played out the way I thought it would, and the Steelers won the game. The two props that I liked, uh, the first one I did not hit on, Ryan Tannehill, 14 and a half rushing yards. Thought he would get flushed out a little bit more by that pass rush and have to take off. That didn't happen. But I did hit the second one. Uh, Eric Ebron receiving yards, 36 and a half on DraftKings, was plus 101. Hit that. The second game I picked, prop, maybe game of the week last week, that was Seattle at Arizona, which got flexed into the Sunday night slot. Um, again, two winning teams, division foes here. Seattle was 5-0 and coming into the game at Arizona, 4-2. and um, Arizona was getting 3.5 at home. And I mentioned on the podcast last week that the reason why I was initially drawn to this game was because you love a winning team at home getting points. However, the more I looked at the game, I'm a big believer in Russell Wilson and the Seattle offense this year. Uh, I, I ultimately um, went with Seattle giving the points. Uh, on the road that didn't work out obviously Arizona won in overtime 37-34 for most of the game it actually looked like a good bet Seattle was winning for a lot of the game Um, but you know there was just some fluky things that happened Russell Wilson threw three interceptions which almost never happens Um, so even though the the ultimate bet didn't didn't turn out the way I wanted to um, I still think that Seattle is the better team overall my two props here again the first prop that I liked didn't hit. It was DK Metcalf uh, receiving yards. I think it was 68 and a half on DraftKings and 76 and a half on FanDuel. I actually picked the the FanDuel 76 and a half because the odds were a little bit better. Up till that point, DK Metcalf was averaging like 92 receiving yards a game. Um, He was way under that obviously for the game. He was uh, invisible for a lot of the game except for one of the plays of the year probably when he tracked down Buda Baker ran all the way across the field almost 100 yards to tackle him after he had intercepted a Russell Wilson pass Uh, again uh, I think the process there was correct DK Metcalf uh, is blossoming into one of the best receivers in the league again had been averaging over 90 yards receiving just wasn't his day Tyler Lockett went absolutely nuts had like 200 receiving yards I hit on a couple of, couple of other props, though. I really like Chase Edmonds, 18 and a half rushing yards. Hit on that. I also liked Kyler Murray over over 45 and a half rushing yards at plus 105. Hit that as well. So um, overall, a really good week. Another one that I felt really good about going into Sunday, we didn't really talk about it, was with Aaron Jones out in that Green Bay Packer game. Jamal Williams, I hit a prop. Um, over on the rushing yards, 55 and a half. And then also, again, the big one was Jamal Williams to get 75 yards rushing and the Packers to win. So, overall, a good week. Yeah, I took the DK Metcalf uh, prop as well, both receiving and receptions. Didn't hit on either one of them. Really thought he was going to have a big game against Arizona. I thought that was going to be a, uh, a really high-scoring game and that he was going to be really involved in the offense. Unfortunately, he wasn't. Um, but, you know, that's how it goes. You can't win every single bet that you make. Um, but, you know, we'll see this week. So moving into week number eight, again, you know, unfortunately, I guess uh, I'm a Jet fan. And the Jets, you know, they have a really, really, really easy opponent this week. Yeah, just kidding. They're playing the National Football League Super Bowl defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City and you know 
this isn't going to be pretty. But I'm going to give it to you from a, a bit of a different perspective. Um, this is going to be a really stat-heavy uh, podcast for me, given the fact that we're already into week eight. So I think there's a pretty good snapshot already of how teams are kind of shaking out from an offense and a defensive perspective. So the Jets are one in six against the spread this, this year. Uh, last week was the first time that they covered the spread. And they have hit the under four of the last five weeks. Kansas City, on the other hand, is 14 and two against the spread, but they've also hit the under four of the last six weeks. So this is sort of like foreshadowing uh, what my prediction for this game is gonna be. So let's talk about stats. The Jets, they're averaging 12.1 points per game this year. That's last in the NFL. They're giving up 29 points per game. That's 25th in the NFL. Kansas City, on the other hand, they're scoring 31.1 points per game. That's fifth in the NFL, and they're giving up only 20.4, which is ninth in the NFL. <clears throat> so you can kind of see how this game is going to shake out here. Uh, the Jets had four yards in the second half last week. I don't expect that to continue, but quite honestly, I don't think they're going to do a whole lot better this week against the Kansas City defense because Kansas City's defense is ranked fifth best in the NFL. And Sam Darnold, I mean, he hasn't really shown me much in now in his third year with the Jets. So I don't really expect a whole lot out of him. Uh, the Jets are also giving up 24 sacks this year, which is 29th in the NFL. And uh, the one bright spot, I guess, maybe this week, is that the Kansas City run defense <clears throat> is giving up 165.9 yards per game, which ranks 30 in the, 30th in the NFL. So could I see a real, a real heavy uh, dose of Frank Gore this week? I could. And it's probably that's probably what the Jets' game plan is, except – when Kansas City's pass defense is ranked fifth in the NFL, I think they're just going to load up in the box because they know that the Jets can't uh, can't pass the ball down the field. And so this is going to be a really uh, one-sided game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has 16 touchdowns versus only one interception this year. Uh, and now they have they added Le'Veon Bell last week, and he's, you know, he's playing against his former team. Uh, so I like the Edwards Alaire, Le'Veon Bell, one-two punch in the backfield for the Chiefs. So here's my prediction on this game. You know, the Jets are only scoring 12.1 points per game, which ranks last in the NFL. I don't think they're going to put up more than maybe if they're lucky, 14 points, probably closer to 10. But I can't see Kansas City, you know, putting up, you know, 40 points in this game. Right now the line is 19 and a half which is one of the highest lines. Uh, so it's actually the highest line this season, one of the highest lines uh, ever in the history of the NFL. I think the, the line started actually over 21 points. The over-under, though, is 49 points. And this is where I'm hanging my hat this week. I usually don't like to bet over-unders, but I'm going to take the under in this game. I'm going to go under 49. I could see Chiefs, you know, Chiefs 30, Jets 14, Chiefs 35, Jets 10. That's where I see this game uh, headed. I, I don't like giving up all of those points. You know, Jets might score some late points, backdoor cover, but I feel pretty confident in the under in this game. My two props for this game, I'm going to ride this prop probably almost every week because I'm usually pretty confident that it's going to hit. I know it didn't hit last week, 
but I like Kelsey over 63 and a half receiving yards. The Jets secondary is terrible. Their linebackers are awful. Their defense is terrible as a whole. It's uh, minus 112. So I like over Kelsey 63 and a half receiving yards. And I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes this week. You're getting really good value, plus 125. You know, usually you see uh, passing touchdowns for quarterbacks. It's usually one and a half. But Patrick Mahomes, 16 touchdowns already this season. And I think he's going to go nuts this week. I think he's going to have at least three touchdowns. So I like the over two and a half touchdowns plus 125 for my two props on the Jet Chief game. And the Jets will now go to 0-8 and, and be in line for the first pick in next year's draft, which will most likely be Trevor Lawrence, who unfortunately is out with COVID-19 this week against Boston College. John, what do you think about the Jet Chief game? Well, it's funny. Every week when the Jets game comes up, it's some really great analysis, but I, I'm not sure if, if it's more of a, a betting analysis segment or a therapy session um, with everything that's going on this year. Um, yeah, I, I agree with uh, pretty much everything that you said. I think this is going to be a, a big hedge opportunity, too, for people to look at. And here's my thinking on this. It's not just that, you know, I obviously I, I would be shocked like everybody else would if, if the Jets were to pull off a, a miracle victory here, fully expect the Chiefs to win. I actually think, though, that the lack of competitiveness competitiveness that we might see in this game actually works in favor of a hedge. And here's how I think it could, uh, could break down. Um, let's say that the chiefs score early, like we always look for in hedge opportunities and that point spread dips way into the twenties, right? You know, it gets it up to like 23, 24, 25, something like that. I don't think the chiefs are ever going to feel like they're in danger of losing this game. So I sort of agree with you. I, I don't think the chiefs are going to be running the score up to the point where like they're going to be attacking in the second half. You know, I don't think the chiefs are going to be throwing a lot in the second half. So if, if it's not really that competitive of a game, I could see maybe the chiefs pulling off the gas a little bit and the, the jets possibly covering one of those huge point spreads. So if you get like a 23 or 24 or something like that, the jets could definitely cover it. I'm with you on the Patrick Mahomes. I think this is a get right game for him. For him, he's had a down couple of weeks so I could see him throwing a couple of touchdowns, maybe even two to three in the first half before they sort of let off the gas. Yeah, I mean, th this is kind of how I see it playing out. I, I don't think the Chiefs are ever going to feel like they are in danger of losing this game. And if they're up by, you know, three scores coming into, you know, halfway through the third quarter, end of the third quarter, I could see them pulling Mahomes out of the game and putting in Chad Henney, their backup. And, and there you go. And there's your under right there. Cause I can't see Chad Henney doing, a, doing a whole lot once he comes into the game, but I think uh, Mahomes is going to light it up early. He's going to throw a bunch of touchdown passes. Chiefs are going to be up. And, and that's how I see this game playing out. That's why, you know, I'm going to lay heavy on the under. Uh, I think 49 is a really high number for this game, especially given the fact that the Jets can't score. So and they only have 85 points scored in the entire season in seven weeks, which is pathetic. So John, you got the Eagles, right? The Sunday night game. Talk to me. Yes, sir. Now, uh, believe it or not, even though I, I live in northern New Jersey these days, I grew up in South Jersey. And growing, growing up in South Jersey, you learn three main things. One, hoagies are called subs. Two, you don't go to the beach during the summertime. And three, Dallas sucks. This is my most hated team in the world. I love to hate Dallas. 
Although, you know, candidly, it's a little bit anticlimactic when you see their best player, Dak Prescott, go down with injury. You never want to see that. That stinks. Uh, hopefully he's back um, and, and as good as ever next year because you want to beat the team that you hate at full strength. This week, we've got the 2-5 and five Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 2-4-1 and one after their Thursday night victory over the Giants last week. This is a, a very interesting game. You've got Dallas, who seems like they're careening right through the floor at this point. The Eagles on a little bit of an upswing here, uh, winning two out of the last three and, and coming close to beating a really good team in the Baltimore Ravens. And obviously Dallas, like I said, lost Prescott. Their backup, Andy Dalton, now after a rough, rough, rough hit uh, against Washington last week, uh, looks like he's going to be out as well, which would leave Dallas down to their third-string quarterback, rookie Ben DiNucci, who was drafted in the seventh round out of James Madison, that football powerhouse. Um, and nobody has any idea what to, to, to think of DiNucci. Uh, you've been hearing a lot of great things out of practice, but, you know, what are the Cowboys supposed to say in that regard? The point spread is just wacky here. I mean, Dallas comes in, they're 0-7 against the spread in their last seven. Philly's only 2-6 against the spread. These two teams just have not been that good this year, um, despite all the talent on Dallas's offensive side. The spread opened at, it was something less than a touchdown. It, it was not a, a, a crazy spread, but as the week has gone on, and the news has trended in the direction of Dalton not playing, I think the point spreads just got out of control. We were talking about this earlier. On DraftKings, the Eagles are favored by 10.5 at minus 112. On FanDuel, it's a minus 11 at minus 110 odds. And, you know, the Eagles could win this game by double digits. They could run away with it. The rookie could be a disaster. And, you know, I hope that happens as an Eagles fan personally. But, man... I just don't see how you can play money on the Eagles giving double-digit points this year after you've watched what they've done in these games. They haven't come close to beating a team this year by double digits. I mean, they beat the New York Giants, who are not a good football team, by one point last week, and Carson Wentz needed to come back to do it. So I am not going to bet this game. I'm going to stay away at the outset as far as betting on the winner here. Um, I, I think the play here would be actually to take the Dallas and the double-digit points. Um, I, I'll watch it for some hedge opportunities, but I'm probably just not going to take um, a, a winner in, in this game just because I can't say, see laying the double-digit points. If you were going to bet money, I think Dallas would be the bet, but I wouldn't feel good about either one. I would stay away, but I think that's the bet. As far as some props here, there's actually a lot that are very interesting to me. First one I look at here is Carson Wentz rushing yards, 19 and a half, which is kind of a high number for him. Um, he would have hit it about three times this year. What I'm more interested in is what he's been doing lately, especially since Miles Sanders got hurt um, two weeks ago and missed last week's game. Uh, I feel like Wentz is trying to pick this team up on his back, as I've said before, and carry them. And he's been taking off. In his last five games, he's averaging six carries a game rushes six times in this game, I can easily see him hitting that uh, 19 and a half rushing mark. Uh, oddly enough, that's only on DraftKings. FanDuel doesn't have a rushing prop for Wentz, so I'll take Wentz, 19 and a half rushing yards. I'm also looking at Boston Scott. So Boston Scott, 58 and a half rushing yards is his prop. Seems like a lot for him, especially since he only had 46 yards against the Giants last week in his first game as the lead running back for the Eagles with Miles Sanders out. 
However, the Giants, not that bad uh, against the run. And I expect Boston Scott to do a little bit better this week against the Cowboys, who are, get this, last in the league against the run. They're allowing 178.3 yards per game. They're tied for last in opponent rush average at 5.2. In their last two games, they gave up 469 rushing yards and 23 rushing first downs, and they've allowed 34 runs of 10 yards or more, the most in the NFL. So, yeah, I have no problem taking Boston Scott and 58 and a half rushing yards this week at plus 105 on DraftKings. Zeke Elliott, he actually has a pretty low prop for rushing yards. It's uh, 63 and a half, no, 68 and a half, excuse me. I actually like that this week for, for, for Ezekiel Elliott. The Eagles are not bad against the run, only allowing about 3.3 yards per carry. But hey, what would you do if you were the Cowboys? And they're starting Ben DiNucci, their third, their third string quarterback. I would hand the ball to Zeke as many times as possible. I'll, I think they'll do that. I think Zeke will nail the rushing yards. I also like Ezekiel Elliott, three and a half catches. He's been catching the ball a lot more this year. And the last one I got for you is Greg Ward, three and a half catches. He would have hit three and a half catches the last six games in a row. He actually is one of the better receivers in the league on third down. And as far as getting first downs, he's the Eagles slot receiver. Jalen Rager's back this week. That's good for the Eagles. I don't think that's going to take targets away from Greg Ward because Rager's going to play on the outside. Ward's in the slot. What do you think? You'd love that Greg Ward prop bet. It seems like almost every week it's Greg Ward, Greg Ward, Greg Ward. Um, well, he did, he did kill me two weeks in a row. It was four and a half. And he had four catches both of those weeks. But it's now down to three and a half with good odds, so I'm going to take it again. Yeah, so I like the uh, Zeke Elliott over rushing yards bet, but I'm going to do you one better. I like the Elliott over 16 and a half rushing attempts at minus 112 on DraftKings. I also like the Boston Scott uh, over rushing yards as well, given the fact that he's the lead back for the Eagles this week and the Dallas rush defense is terrible. Um, but I'm going to do you one better on that. I like the Boston Scott over 14 and a half rushing attempts. Good value at plus 106 on DraftKings. The last prop I like in this game is uh, CeeDee Lamb over 44 and a half receiving yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. Uh, even though it's Ben DiNucci as the third string quarterback, he's got to throw to somebody. And I'm, you know, Amari Toomer, I mean, uh, Amari Cooper, sorry, that's the old giant receiver. Amari Cooper is. You know, uh, Dallas's number one receiver. So I can see CeeDee Lamb being targeted quite frequently by uh, Danucci. So I like the over 44 and a half receiving yards for CeeDee Lamb. As far as the line in this game, I don't know what's up with this line. I mean, minus 10 and a half on DraftKings, minus 11 on FanDuel. I mean, I can't see the Eagles beating anybody, even the New York Jets by double digits. And I know Dallas is terrible this year, and they could be in a free fall. But I can't see the Eagles winning by double digits. On the other hand, something's up with this line. And like you said, you're going to stay away. Like you, I'm going to stay away from this too because it's, it's like roping you in to take the Cowboys. It's like telling you, here, uh, bet this game. It's a given. There's no way the Eagles are going to beat them by double digits. And then we could see come Sunday, the Eagles win by 21 points. So... I'm going to stay away from this game. I don't like these double-digit lines anyway. So those are my thoughts on, on Dallas Eagles. Any last thoughts, John? 
Yeah, if I could just jump it back in real quick. I agree. The line is, is crazy to me. It's definitely like a Halloween prank situation. Is it going to be a trick or a treat? So I'm going to stay away from uh, betting the, the money line or the point spread. But again, I, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of props that are really interesting in this game. I love the, the attempts angle that you took for both Scott and Elliot. I'm going to take a, a look at those. I might grab those as well. And I, it's funny you mentioned the C.D. Lamb receiving yards at 44 and a half. I looked at that too. But uh, this is why I looked at it. C.D. Lamb was uh, the the apple of many Eagles fans' eyes in the draft earlier this year, as you may may or may not recall. And the Eagles actually potentially had a shot at trading up for him, uh, but they did not do that, and Dallas ended up nabbing him. So, yeah, I could totally see CeeDee Lamb having a big game just to, to, to take the stake and jab it into my heart and twist a little bit more. Um, and having a, a big game this week, or at least more than 44 and a half. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, so I'm going to move into my second game, which is probably the, the top game this week on Sunday. It's the 6-0 Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Baltimore against the 5-0 Ravens. It's a AFC North clash uh, this week. You know, probably the second and third best team. In the AFC, I still give the Chiefs a bit of an edge over these two teams because they are the defending Super Bowl champions, even though they did lose to the Raiders. And the Steelers are undefeated, but I still believe that the Chiefs are a better team than both of these teams. That being said, these are two powerhouses going up against each other. Right now, the Steelers are getting three and a half points, and the over-under is 46 and a half. You know, throw against the spread out the window in this game. These two teams, they don't like each other. Uh, they always play each other tough. You know, here's the thing. Here are the stats. Pittsburgh is putting up 358.7 yards on offense. That's 23rd in the NFL. Big Ben threw three interceptions last week, despite the fact that they beat the Titans. The Ravens, they're giving up only 89.7 yards in the air, which is 11th. But they have 22 sacks uh, this year. Pittsburgh, however, has only given up eight sacks this entire year, which ranks second in the NFL. And they've actually sacked the quarterback 26 times, which is number one. Uh, And the Ravens have given up 15 sacks, which is 15th in the NFL. Here's what I'm looking at in this game. The Steelers' rush defense is just out of this world. They rank second, only giving up 3.4 yards per game on the ground. So I look at this as a game where I think Lamar Jackson has to throw the ball. He is first in the NFL in uh, yards per completion at 6.9. So, and he's got 10 touchdowns and two interceptions. So in this game, I can see Pittsburgh being Pittsburgh, right? They're going to try to stop the run and make Lamar Jackson in the air beat them. I don't like the Lamar Jackson rushing over prop bet. I think he's going to have to stay back. I think he's going to have to throw the ball. That being said, I'm taking the Steelers this week. It's, and it's that .5. It's that hook that I like. This is going to be a close game. It's going to be three points either way. So I'm going to take the Steelers getting three and a half points this week. That's my bet on the game. As far as props are concerned, like I said, I think Lamar Jackson's going to have to beat the Steelers or at least score points against the Steelers in the air. So I like the overpassing yards by Lamar Jackson. It's only 215 and a half. I know he's only throwing for under 200 yards per game, but I like this week for him to have to throw the ball a lot. So I like the over 215.5. It's a minus 112 on DraftKings. 
Second bet I really like is Lamar Jackson over one and a half touchdown passes. Really good value at uh, plus 136. So I think Lamar, again, is going to have to throw the ball a lot. I think he's going to throw some touchdown passes this week. So I like Lamar Jackson over one and a half touchdown passes. John, thoughts on the game? Yeah, I tell you what, man, I can't wait for this game. I think this is uh, another matchup of two of the best teams in the league. Two teams, like you said, that absolutely hate one another. Um, It's a really great rivalry with some really great players. I agree with your calls on the game. Just check DraftKings. Steelers actually getting now four points, getting four points on the road. So I agree with you there. A matchup like this of division rivals, both good teams. Give me the team getting points. I don't care that they're on the road. Um, Obviously, there's not going to be many fans there, although I do think Baltimore is going to be allowing some fans in the stands. I would still take the Steelers and the points. Funny thing is, I think that Lamar Jackson's going to have to throw as well. So I was looking at the uh, Lamar Jackson prop for interceptions, 0.5. So in other words, you're betting on uh, Jackson to throw at least one interception, good odds at plus 100. Took a look. My perception or my belief would have been that the Steelers would have been one of the best teams at picking the ball off eight on the year. I still like Lamar Jackson to throw an interception here. I think he's going to have to throw more than he usually does, and I think the Steelers are going to pick one of them off. So I like the Steelers getting four and Lamar Jackson to throw a pick. Yeah, you know, you, uh, you sort of compare the, uh, the Ravens passing offense uh, versus the Steelers rush defense, and that's how I'm looking at this game, and that's why I like Lamar Jackson to throw for over 215 and a half passing yards the Ravens passing offense right now is ranked 31st they're only passing the ball for 177.8 yards per game but you know you put that up against the Steelers rush defense and I think uh, Lamar is going to have to throw the ball I do like that over 0.5 interceptions because I can see Lamar throwing you know two touchdowns one interception three touchdowns one interception something like that so I do like that prop a lot so John let's move into your second game All right, uh, the second game I took was the 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks this week. Another division battle, division rivals here. You have the the 49ers getting three points on DraftKings. Uh, Actually, on FanDuel, it's only two and a half. This year, the Seahawks are four and two against the spread. Niners, four and three against the spread. Niners coming off a big victory on the road. They went into Foxborough and beat the Patriots and beat them bad 33 to six. It wasn't even close. As we talked about earlier today, the Seahawks lost on the road in a thriller 37-34 in overtime to the Arizona Cardinals. The Seattle Seahawks, like we've talked about many times, the offense has just been fantastic this year. They lead the league in both scoring and yards. You might think that, you know, I got bitten last week uh, taking the Seahawks and giving the points on the road. I might be a little twice shy this week with them giving points again, but I'm not. And here's why. First of all, they're at home, which I think makes a big difference. Second of all, you get to shave that spread down a little bit if you take it on FanDuel. That way you're only giving two and a half and a field goal win secures the cash for you. Also, I sort of think that last week was sort of a confluence of circumstances that are unlikely to repeat themselves. Again, Russell Wilson was intercepted three times. You don't expect to see that again. So I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks at home over the Niners, two fairly evenly matched teams. 
I'll take the team with the better quarterback, Russell Wilson, who, again, I think is the odds-on favorite for MVP. And I would give the two and a half. Um, those are some of our fans in the background, as you can as you can hear. Um, socially distanced, of course. A couple of the props that I like here. Going back to the well on one of the ones, again, that I lost last week, I liked DK Metcalf at um, over 70, 76 and a half yards last week. This week, it's down to 72 and a half. FanDuel, 73 and a half on DraftKings. So it's fairly even on, on both of the main sites. I'm going back to the well again, and I'm going to take DK Metcalf receiving yards at home. Because again, prior to last week, he was averaging over 90 yards receiving. He's becoming one of the best receivers in the league. And Russell Wilson is the best deep ball thrower right now in football. Uh, last week, I think, was a bit of an aberration. Tyler Lockett got most of the looks. He had 15 catches for 200 yards. He had the game of his life. That's not going to repeat itself this week. So I would take DK Metcalf on the over on receiving yards. I also like George Kittle, man. Player props, one thing that it's difficult to go wrong with is picking a really great player. And George Kittle is just a really great player. The receiving yard prop on FanDuel this week is 69 and a half. It's 70 and a half over on DraftKings. Give me the FanDuel prop, 69 and a half at minus 110. Seattle's defense, not that great. It looks like Jamal Adams might not play again. And think about this. Last week, Seattle gave up to Dan Arnold, the Arizona tight end, two catches for 57 yards. Dan Arnold. <laughs> Dan Arnold. Um, I think George Kittle can easily get that 69 and a half uh, receiving yards this week. I also like Kittle for six and a half catches, to be honest with you. Uh, in his last three games against Seattle, um, he's been very good. Uh, the last three go like this. Six receptions for 70 yards, three receptions for 51 yards, seven catches for 86 yards. So I'll take Kittle for the receptions and the yards. I'll take Metcalf for the yards. And I'm also looking very closely at Brandon Ayuk, the uh, rookie out of Arizona State for San Francisco. I like him a lot. He's like a Devo clone, except maybe a little bit bigger. He had a bit of a coming out party last week. Six catches for 115 yards on the road. Looks like Debo Samuel will be out again this week. So the props that we're looking at here, four and a half catches at plus 128. I'd love that. Receiving yards, 53 and a half. Also love that number, but the odds are only minus 125. I was really looking for an Ayuk rushing uh, prop somewhere because they love to hit him on the jet sweeps and things like that. Couldn't find an IU rushing prop anywhere. So I'll take him with the receptions, four and a half. Metcalf receiving yards, 72 and a half. Kittle receiving yards, 69 and a half. Kittle catches, six and a half. What do you think about those? Yeah, so I like your analysis on the game. Um, I hear This is what I think. I think this is going to be a really close game. San Francisco's playing uh, pretty well the last couple of weeks. And so I think this is going to be a close game. But I, actually, I think it could go either way. If I had to bet this game, I'd probably take Seattle. Um, but I think it's going to be a three-point game either way. For me personally, I'm probably going to stay away from the game itself. But as far as props are concerned, um, I like your Metcalf uh, prop. I mean, I, I usually try and take him almost every week. And I think it's like, it's one of those things where one week it's Lockett, one week it's Metcalf. One week it's Lockett, one week it's Metcalf. And I think this week it's going to be Metcalf. So I like the over on the receiving yards. I also like the over on the Kittle receiving yards too. I mean, he's like uh, San Francisco's go-to receiver, despite the fact that he's a tight end. So I like that. The other two props that I like, 
Russell Wilson's going to get right this week. He's not going to throw three interceptions like he did last week. Uh, so I'm going to go the other way. I think he's going to go throw three touchdown passes this week. Russell Wilson over two and a half touchdown passes. Great value, plus 160. So I like Russell Wilson over two and a half touchdown passes. The other one I like, DK Metcalf. Not receiving yards, not receptions. DK Metcalf to score a touchdown. Minus 115 on DraftKings. So those are the other two props I like in this game. Any last thoughts? I think it's going to be another interesting game. I could see it going either way. I just like see it, the Seahawks uh, with a bounce back win here after losing Heartbreaker last week. All right. So before we jump into the last segment of our pod, I got two college football nuggets for you. Since it is only 11.20 Eastern time, the pod probably won't be up for the first uh, noon games, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Trevor Lawrence, the future quarterback of the New York Jets, tested positive for COVID-19. He's not playing this week against Boston College. Does that matter? I don't think so. The Clemson line originally was around 31 points. It dropped down to 24 and a half now on DraftKings. I think the Clemson team's going to rally around their backup quarterback. I still think they're going to destroy Boston College. I'm going to take Clemson Lane 24 and a half points this week. Just so everybody knows, I was 4-0 last week in college football. The Savant returns. And the second game I like, although I can't stand this team, is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Laying 21 points against Georgia Tech. I think Notre Dame's going to destroy Georgia Tech. They're going to uh, – this is going to be a preparation game, not a look – past game because they play Clemson next week. So I like Notre Dame laying 21 points. So let's move into the last segment of our pod, which is our tracks of the week. And I'm going to go with the pie thrower, Steve Aoki, popcorn. It's got a banging vibe. He teams up with uh, Amit Oskin and Zeko from Zeko and Torres. And uh, you can hear it coming through from all three DJs in this track. Uh, That's my track this week. John, who do you like? I'm a holiday guy, I'm a theme guy. And it's the Halloween edition of the Wagers Ragers podcast. So I thought about a lot of different ways to go. I uh, thought about picking just the Halloween theme from the movie Halloween, which is my, one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, the theme was written by John Carpenter, the director of the movie, which I think is a cool story. But while that's a, a, a great theme song and very much just speaks Halloween to me overall, um, I'm going to go in a different direction here, and I'm going to go with that classic from 1983, Michael Jackson, Thriller, uh, which of course was the basis for the greatest music video of all time, the Thriller video. I think it's perfect for the Halloween season, but it's still a cool song to listen to um, and even dance to. So that's my Halloween-themed track of the week. Right, good stuff this week. Uh, 
So listen, it's Saturday. The Big Ten's in action. Rutgers home opener against Indiana. Let's go, RU. Let's pull off another win. Let's go to 2-0 in the Big Ten. Go Rutgers. So, as we sign off, may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. See you next week for Week 9. Wagers Ragers is out. Hey.